Morning. I was reassured that though I may be wearing the mic, I don't need the mic. <laughs> that encouraging? And uh, my children, when they heard that I was going to be speaking this morning, uh, they responded extremely positively. I thought that was a good sign. I was pleased with that. Uh, but purely because, as uh, my usual stint appears around Christmas, New Year, and is more family-oriented, that when I preach, there's also chocolate. So, I don't want to be a letdown this morning. Uh, so, uh, afterwards, if you've been paying careful attention, um, or not, probably, uh, we might lob out some chocolates. There might be something prophetic in that. We'll, we'll just see what God wants to do. Um, and, uh, but I promise, no lobbing of chocolates, sort of unannounced. Uh, so you're relatively safe. Um, and I hope this morning you're up for a bit of wrestling. Yeah? Yes, Steve, not with me, bless you. Uh, yeah, this, this frame is ideally suited for the sport of wrestling, and over the years, uh, due to my uh, three children, um, I've become accompanied to, uh, to the, sort of the wrestling tradition. Uh, of late, I've backed off from that. Uh, firstly, Reuben's massive. Uh, secondly, Elliot is highly trained in judo. Uh, and thirdly, Alana, for all of her outward appearance, she's vicious. Um, so... Uh, I have learned from my own well-being that those days are behind me. Um, but, uh, but I want to share a little of a journey on a couple of things that over the years I have wrestled with and I continue to wrestle with. And uh, I'd, I'd like you to join me in my wrestling today, if that's all right. Um, uh, but the first point to make is that wrestling with God, um, and I think we can go to the first slide, um, I want to just encourage you that having a life that feels like you're wrestling with stuff means that you're on the right track. And for some of us sometimes, we can make the mistake of looking at people around us and thinking they seem to have it sorted. And here am I struggling with this stuff in my head, in my heart, in my life, and it just feels like hard work. And it feels like I'm grappling with things, and they seem to be walking along like this. Oh, it's lovely. Everything works. And here I am, wrestling. I feel like I'm clinging on, and it's fingernail time. I just want to tell you, if that's where you are, you're in the right place. And our expectation, I think is right that we should spend our lives wrestling with God. After all, he is vast and incomprehensible. Why would I think that I can just get it? If I think that, I probably haven't understood the God whom I worship, or I've brought him down to my size, in which case I've made a mistake. So I just felt to start out with that there are going to be some people who are listening this morning and you are wrestling and you're thinking, do you know what, I'm just not up for the fight. Well, Jacob's fight, actually, Jacob's fight was one where he just clung on. It's interesting if you read the account there in Genesis 32, 24, that it actually describes he's left alone in the camp and then a man appears whom he wrestles with and at the end of that fight, the man touches his hip dislocates it and to me that looks like winning yeah 
I mean, he's then in some serious pain. He's just holding on to this guy's ankle saying, don't go until you bless me. Okay, I wouldn't describe that as a winning position. And yet the description that that man, who is God, says, he says, you've fought man and God and won. I really like that. So this morning, as we wrestle with a couple of things together, I want you to know that this isn't about some sort of, oh, victory lap, yes, hallelujah, all wonderful. Actually, some things to hold on to God in, but some areas that I believe that he's got real breakthrough for us in together. So, first theme I'd like to look at is around spiritual gifts. Go, Elliot. Excellent. Right on cue. Uh, So I want us to explore uh, our wrestling with and for the gifts that God generously and lavishly gives to us. Firstly, God is very willing to give gifts. He doesn't do this reluctantly. It says in Matthew 7 that he gives generously to his children. He gives good gifts to each of us. So that's a good framework to start exploring gifts. So nobody here is out of the discussion, okay? He doesn't reserve it for a particular age. He doesn't reserve it for particular qualifications. He doesn't reserve it for particular times of life. He's just looking to give good gifts. And secondly, I want to just pick up on where Johnny, who's preached a couple of weeks ago, uh, sort of left us saying, Jesus actually said we would go further than him. He said we do even greater things. I think that's astonishing. And I think it relates to the gifts that he gives us. So I just want to, if you have a Bible and you want to turn to 1 Corinthians 12, please do, we're going to get there. But I want to set the scene with this passage because there's several places in the New Testament that outline the gifts that God gives Uh, And apologies if you can't read this too clearly. It says in 1 Peter 4, 8, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. That's a good place to start with gifts. You see, God has poured out into our lives his love. And so we get to take this gift of God, his love, and to pour it out into one another in the church and beyond. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. I think that's called being hospitable. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Here's hoping then speak as though God himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Well, do it with the strength and the energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. You know, I love that in there it says very clearly God has given you each a gift, from his great variety of gifts. Is that nice? These are bespoke. So in our world where we compare ourselves to one another, 
Jesus, God, has prepared bespoke things just for you. They're your size and your shape, even when your size and your shape changes, as it sometimes does from time to time. Um, I'm trying to reduce my shape uh, and having reasonable success, but God knows the gifts that, that fit. They do me good. And he's got something for each of us. Just want to read through this one in Corinthians, and as I do, I wonder what you observe, because this passage and the others that list, list gifts over the years have caused me to make a couple of observations, and I, I want to share those with you this morning. I'm sorry that it's a little bit small. You're highly unlikely to be able to read that. I shall do my best. It says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. That's a good gift. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. A good gift. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another to, po- to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what's being said. It's the one and only Spirit who distributes all of these gifts, and he alone decides which gifts each person should have. I think I first read this when I was about 11. And at that time, my parents were running a small version of Catalyst. Uh, It's called the Canterbury Christian Family Conference, or CCFC for short. And each year, we went to CCFC and... I read this when I was about 11 because we were being taught about different, different gifts. And I was puzzled. I was puzzled because when I read the gifts uh, in the list in Peter, lots of people I could see doing that stuff. I had experienced hospitality. I had experienced love. I'd experienced people sharing things with me. I'd experienced people bringing wisdom to me. Because, you know, at the age of 11, still a few things to know. Oh, yeah, the younger members of our, you know, we, we all have a journey to take. Probably a disproportionate sense of confidence at that age. But, you know, I'd realised this. I'd experienced these gifts. And then there were some that I hadn't experienced. I hadn't experienced a miracle. I will confess to trying to walk on water. (laughs) I did that. In my parents' driveway, out the back, it was very uneven and it was often gathered with puzzles. uh, Puddles, sorry. And I would walk along and... Come on. I sank every time. It's disappointing, isn't it? Uh, I wish there was a better end to that. I hadn't experienced those gifts. I hadn't experienced some of the... Other gifts, I I hadn't really experienced the gift of prophecy. 
I mean, I'd been taught about it in my parents' church, but no one did it. I hadn't really experienced the gift of tongues. There were so many things on that list. And yet when I read it, there were a couple of things that I noted. First one was this. There seemed to be a way that people talked about these gifts that put a different value on them. There were some there were some that seemed to be very treasured and some that were sort of taken for granted. That was just my observation. That was what I saw and what I experienced. I just don't see that. I see that they're all equally gifts of the Spirit and they are all equally valued and precious. And I thought for me, well, we might be missing something here because... We need to value and appreciate that which we've perhaps played down. Do you know, the gift of hospitality is extraordinary. Do you realise that? In all of its forms. It is incredible. I sometimes think we can can lose what that looks like. So to, to remember what that looks like, go to somewhere where you're really made to not feel welcome feels horrible we seek this when we gather together to welcome people well to be hospitable we, we open our homes on Sundays to have people round to, to share time together in our life groups but there are many places where that isn't experienced and it's a gift of God and it's to be valued like a miracle Because it brings the kingdom of God among us. Here was the second thing that I observed. They're also recorded equally. Now, by this I mean, and forgive me, I'm a little bit simple. You know when you get... Now, for me, when I was younger, it was a game called Chucky Egg. Anybody heard of Chucky Egg? Come on. Oh, this is what we like. This was on my Amstrad CPC 464, which had a tape drive. This was in the days that computing, you could start it, you load it, go and make a cuppa, and then come back. It worked brilliantly. Uh, I don't know why technology's moved on. Anyway, um, so in that context of Chucky Egg, there were different levels, and you would work your way through the different levels, and at particular times, you would unlock a new challenge, and the chicken would fly around a bit more, and then the geese would speed up, and for those of you who know Chucky Egg, fantastic. I got to level 24, never got any further. Anyway, you see, these spiritual gifts are not a level game. You don't work your way through them. You begin with a bit of, you know, a little bit of knowledge, yeah, yeah, give some wise advice, well done, you've passed, on to level two. So when I read that list, I'll be honest with you, I'm challenged, I'm wrestling because miracles is mentioned quite flippantly. It's just in the list. Anybody else find that quite challenging? Thank you. (laughs) Sorry, I'm not coming with a great deal of answers this morning. I'm just sharing my challenge. It's great to have the opportunity to offload. Um, So, uh, in fact, have a chocolate. Anyone who just put their hand up. We'll just pass the... Yeah, just have a... Yeah, that, 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 was, that, that really encouraged me. Thank you. Did you not, who, oh, Lucy, Lucy. No, no, actually, no, have a chocolate. 
That's good. That's good. Lucy, also have a chocolate. I'm really sorry. Um, Yeah, that's it. Sorry. Um, So, (laughs) can't get too distracted with chocolate. They're recorded equally. These things are, they're just there. Now, somehow I have, perhaps, put an order on them. Now, I don't get to decide the gift. It's really clear in that passage. God gives the gifts. But often I say that I won't have that one. Because either it's weird, it's outside my experience, or it's just for special people. Do you know what? Everybody's special. Uniquely chosen and appointed by God. Just a couple of observations that I made about that, those passages. I don't want us to wrestle with that. What is it that God's got for you? You see, for you to give wise advice does not rely on your age. I want to tell you some of the most helpful things that people have ever said to me have come from children. That's not just because I'm a teacher. The kids now are loving it. They're, they're like, yeah, parents, <laughs> just listen, all right? I love her. Uh, I haven't asked Ruben's permission for this, but it's a bit late now. I'm up here. Um, I was driving to basketball one day, and I'd had a really, really tough day at work. And I had to deal with a really tricky situation with a child. And Ruben said, so how's your day been? And I was honest. I was like, I hated doing this. I had to, I, I had to hand a child back to a parent that they didn't want to go with. A lot of complexity around that. It was not good. And Ruben just said to me, yeah, but... It's great that you were doing that, Dad. You do that really well. That was wise stuff. That blessed me. We don't have to wait until we're older to give wise advice. The Spirit of God works when the Spirit of God wants to, and He appoints gifts for us. So, let's move on. Now, forgive me. We're going to take a little step into horticulture. I'm quite into horticulture now. I've got a, I've got a big garden. Uh, most of my horticulture involves hacking things down. Okay, it's a skillful trade. Uh, you just take a saw of any kind and just go for it. Uh, and I've bought, even bought a little electric chainsaw. And yesterday I was in B&Q and I was very tempted to buy a big one. Um, but I didn't. Um, but mustard seeds have puzzled me. Here's the second thing that I've wrestled with. Mustard seeds. I've heard loads of sermons on mustard seeds. I've seen mustard seeds. Well, I've tried to see mustard seeds. They're tiny. That's the point. Um, and, uh, and I haven't got any with me this morning. And mustard seeds are mentioned repeatedly through the New Testament about the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It's like a mustard seed. It's like a mustard seed. Anybody here thought, why choose a mustard seed? Great. And then I thought, well, why didn't they choose a cedar tree seed? Because I've seen cedar trees, I'm not sure that I've got one in my garden, but they're huge, and I've done my research, and this is a shrub. (laughs) It's a big one, and it does spread, but it's a shrub. Well, it's a shrub slash tree slash bush thing, we'll come on to that in a minute. But I was really interested because it says it, the kingdom of God, is like a tiny mustard seed. A man planted it in the garden, and it grows to become a tree, but that word is shrub, and the birds make nests in its branches. And I've been puzzled because I thought, surely there are a variety of crops. So could 
the kingdom of God be like a barley seed. Now, there are examples in Scripture where, uh, in the New Testament, where it talks about a harvest in those terms. But mustard seed comes up a lot. So I've done some mustard seed research. You're up for a bit of mustard seed knowledge. Here we go. Okay, you get it whether or not you want to. A few facts about mustard seeds. Number one, it was a bit of a strange choice. And the reason that it was a bit of a strange choice was that it wasn't something that you really would have looked to to admire. It wasn't the grandest of things. It could go, grow to about 10, 12 feet tall. But it was a bit of a mess. I mean, birds did come and nest in it, but if you were looking for something grand, the cedars of Lebanon are mentioned in Scripture, these elegant trees, beautiful, powerful, majestic trees, not a shrub. So it's a little bit strange for that reason. Number two. It wasn't a gardener's normal choice. In fact... It was considered a weed. And the the concept of planting a weed is a little bit peculiar, isn't it? You don't plant weeds, do you? My granddad was a farmer, and he said the difference between a plant and a weed is that if you pull up both of them, the weed will grow back. (laughs) That was his definition of a weed. And it's not normally needed to be planted. And... Because of the Jewish laws that, if you read in Deuteronomy 22 and Leviticus 19, it talks about separateness of everything in the culture. And the laws grew up in Israel that said that even their gardens had to be planted very neatly. Jody would love this. Okay, Jody's a very neat gardener. I'm not so much. Um, Rows. Separation. Row separation. Row. Very neat, very distinct. It was part of their holiness. Mustard plants do not grow in rows. Neither do they need planting. You try to keep them out because they get everywhere. For mustard seed, read bramble. I've just removed some brambles from our garden. My life! They were 10 metres long, and I hadn't even seen them. And I just saw this root under the, under the tree. I thought, oh, I don't like that. So I snipped it off and pulled. <laughs> now, this is what a mustard seed grows like. It's invasive. It is not neat row time. So for the people that heard these phrases about mustard seeds... And even planting a mustard seed, this was a completely foreign concept. Here's the third thing. It bears fruit really, really quickly. Okay? So again, forgive the horticulture. Quick lesson in mustard seed life cycles. Elliot, go. Here we go. First of all, it takes 10 days for a mustard seed to germinate. All right? In those sorts of conditions, fairly ideal, nice and warm. 10 days. Within the next 40 days, it will start to flower. Okay, so 50 days in, and this mustard seed is flowering. Then it produces seeds pods within the next 15 days or so. And finally, 40 days for that to ripen, to be ready to fall as seed to reproduce. That's a total of 105 days or, seven, or 15 weeks. From 
This first arriving in the soil to now reproducing itself. And obviously, it's reproducing itself thousands of times over. I mean, if you were a gardener in those days, you would rip this out the minute you saw it. It was bad news for your garden because it grew to 12 feet tall and it took over. And what's more, it attracted birds. Now, birds aren't necessarily the best thing for a gardener because they tend to eat stuff like your plants, which are bearing fruit. No, no, no. Why would you put this thing in your garden? Well, this is what the kingdom of God is like. It spreads. The kingdom of God is like a tiny mustard seed that once it gets hold, there's just no getting rid of it. And it reproduces. Now, I don't know about you, but I've always kind of wanted to be mature. I haven't even got close. I was at a children's university graduation on, uh, on Friday at school, and so uh, our children are there in their caps and gowns, looking all posh, and one of the lads walks in, and he says, uh, Mr. Mitchell, now that I've graduated, do I have to come back on Monday? <laughs> and I said, yes, because I've graduated, and I'm coming back on Monday. Okay, so this sense of kind of being mature, wanting to grow, well, actually, the kingdom of God... It does this quickly. Again, I have observed, and this is about myself as well, that I tend to wait a while, perhaps 10 or 12 years, for there to be fruit. But that's not what the Bible says the kingdom of God is like. So I've wrestled with this. Because... I want to be taking hold of the kingdom that Jesus talked about. Not the one that I've invented and not the one that I necessarily see, but the one that the Bible talks about. Thanks, Elliot. Let's see if we can bring this together. So I wonder if we can try and combine these two ideas. On the one hand, we have the gifts of the Spirit, which are given as God chooses to everyone, not in a ascending order but as he deems fit and now we've got well the coming of the kingdom of God of which the gifts are part of the coming of the kingdom is like this mustard seed it reproduces quickly it's invasive it goes to places other seeds don't reach I'm sure I've heard that before in an advert let's have a look the kingdom of God is not neat do you know that growing in your gifts will be messy? And it really sometimes doesn't help us, although we are phenomenally blessed with gifted men and women who lead with excellence in so many fields, that we tend to be a, 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 a sort of an, an observing sort of culture where we see the people who are slick. And we see the people who have got it sorted. I I talked about that at the start. That's just not how it is. We trip and we fall and we fail. The kingdom of God is not neat. It doesn't fit in a box. And it might make things messy. The kingdom of God 
will lead us to all sorts of places. And it's wonderful to see the places that the kingdom of God is now breaking out through the work of things like CAP, getting into some of the places that are just not the nice places in the garden, but actually the kingdom of God. It just spreads, it just seeds, it's just, it's going out there, it's growing. It's got no limits. It doesn't respect a boundary. It doesn't say, oh, there's a wall there. It just waits for a breeze and the seed goes over and up comes the kingdom of God. It's great. And I do want to encourage us, and I'm speaking to myself here, I just want to be fruitful. I really do. And I'm a bit frustrated with me, if I'm being honest, standing here, because I regularly don't see this. So I'm wrestling. I can see some of you need chocolate. We'll get there wrestling with these things because I don't really want to wait and I've been waiting for some stuff for ages and I've seen God do some amazing things but I'm still waiting for more I know that there's more I know that this room here in the west side needs to be full not that I want it to be full it needs to be full why Because there are people out there whose lives are broken and they're also doing the good bit, by the way, that says, I'm okay. It's all all right. I've got it sorted. And you can look and you can fall for it too. They seem fine. And then they close the door and they do what we all do. And we know ourselves and we know our brokenness. It's just that we have a saviour who comes to us and says, hey, I've got you. And they don't. Ah. I want to see this room full. I want to see many, many rooms full. I want to see people who've been unwell for years and years completely healed. I want to see those who feel unwelcome in society finding a home. (laughs) Loads of things. I think we need to wrestle with this. And for us as a site here, I want us to wrestle with it a bit. And please don't worry about getting it right. I don't think Jacob's fighting technique was necessarily the right one. You know? If you were teaching that, going, what you need to do, go for the ankles. You'll have them then. Huh? Surely not. Go for the head. Everyone knows you go for the head, don't you? He was clinging on to his shoelaces. Ah! Well done! You won. Huh? It won't look right. It shouldn't look right. It might look messy. But for all of us, God has these gifts for us. And I believe this morning, he's coming to liberally distribute again and to challenge us again. So, mm -mm, how am I wrestling with this gift? Thanks, Elliot. And that's where I sort of want to to leave us this morning. Although I do want to be just a little bit practical. So can I firstly say, I believe that this morning God wants to open our eyes to the gifts that you're using that you don't appreciate. Every time you welcome somebody, 
God is at work. He loves the gift of hospitality. Again, in my job, I'm standing in the morning, and I think one of my biggest jobs as the children arrive into school is to put a smile on my face and say good morning. For some of those children, they haven't seen a smile that morning. It's my gift. God's put me in a place where I can do that. He's given you colleagues that may not have seen a smile that morning either. They might not have been asked how their weekend's been. It's amazing the things that just make a difference to people. I spoke to a girl, Cindy, once, who, uh, Cindy told me, I used to get children to review my teaching. Dangerous, I know. Um, and uh, some of the kids around this room were thinking, yeah, who could I review? Oh, I know what I'd write about them. Okay, so I got this group of children. I said, look, you've had to suffer with me for a year, um, so at least give me some feedback. And Cindy said, Mr. Mitchell, you are the best teacher I've ever had. Oh, isn't it nice? Yeah. Uh, I'm cynical. So I said, why? And Cindy said, because one weekend you asked me what I was doing and on Monday you asked me how it had been. Now why did I remember that on Monday? I'd love to tell you I've got a great memory. I don't have a great memory. (laughs) But just something on that Monday morning pops into my head that says, oh, Just ask Cindy. How was your weekend? Yeah, it was good, thanks. I'm now the best teacher ever. (laughs) That's how simple it is. God is speaking to us all the time. Please don't miss it. Please, as a a West Side, we're going to fill this room. Because the gift of God is just invasive. And we're not to expect the small things. God's spoken over our church. He has many people for us in this city. And the seeds are going out. And they're being planted. And they're not these amazing things that people look at and go, wow. But they're on the ground changing lives. I think that's an amazing privilege. So I wonder what your gift is. I'd put money on the fact that now if I said... Who here has spoken in tongues? I'm not going to do that. But you've used the gift of tongues. And then I said, who here has performed a miracle? You and I all know which one's going to have the biggest show of hands. I just wonder why. I don't have an answer for that. But I just wonder why have I allowed myself to switch off to the fact that God could do the miraculous day in, day out? In fact, I think he works miracles through those other things. I don't think it's that neat to say it's just this and it's just this and it's just this, but I don't want to go there because we'll get really messy. I'm going to have to throw out lots more chocolate just for therapy. But I want to encourage us to wrestle with this stuff because it's good. And for those of you who would say, well, do you know what? I'm just not very gifted. I'd ask you to read these passages and to read them over yourself and to wrestle with that. Really? Am I saying that I'm the only one that's different? I believe God has good gifts for us. 
And sometimes we don't use them very well. Uh, when I was um, 14, for Christmas, I had a real disappointment. <sighs> That's not a good story, is it? Uh, my sisters both got big presents and mine was tiny. I tried to do the correct thing as a child. All right, one sister got a huge jewellery box. My other sister got a really big dressing gown, luxurious and fluffy. And I got, I'm kidding you not, it was about that big. There you go. Thanks. And I held up a bit of metal. This bit of metal fitted onto a snare drum. And that snare drum had the rest of a drum kit with it. (laughs) And my grandparents lived on a farm in the middle of nowhere. And for a week, I had a glorious drum workshop in my granddad's cow shed. Very, very good place to play drums, echoey and everything. It was amazing. It's good gift. I'd like to tell you that I was rubbish. Because I hadn't played the drums for very long. I thought I rocked. I was pretty poor. And since then, I've been trying to use this gift that I think God's given me, and my family will tell you through their blocked-out ears that I still practice, and I still mess up, because I've got a gift, I think, but I need to try and use it. I got given a little box the other year, and I can now hit like this. I have to use it. I have to practice. Sometimes I get it wrong. My hands sting. It doesn't work. Pick it up, go again. What are the gifts that God's given you? What are the things that he's made just your shape? That he's going to use for his kingdom to reach the places that other kingdoms just can't reach. Can we stand?